Now get your Bible, let's get right into God's Word. Thank you so very, very much. I'm just so glad looking at the choir, I don't know whether to shout. Didn't they look good up there this morning? Amen. Got on their red on this morning. Amen. I'm just so grateful to see my sister Gail Walker. You know I gotta you know I gotta tell it. I can't keep it. I gotta tell it. I don't know. I think wasn't long ago we had Sister Vanessa come up in there with that red on. Sister Vanessa Pirate. And then what my other sister that name? No, nah, she just came two weeks ago. Y'all, y'all, now y'all don't be knowing what's... Sister Lita Johnson. Yeah, that's Sister Vanessa, Vanessa Andrews. Then, then we just saw Sister Lita Johnson and then Sister, hello, Sister Lita. That's my sister, so there. And then we just saw Sister... Sister, Sister Cheryl Williams. They, what, what, what Sister Cheryl is up there? That's, that's my daughter that got all them degrees. I don't want to say how many, like five or six or seven degrees. That girl got some degrees. And then this morning, I was able to see my sister Gail Walker. That blessed me. I don't know what takes to bless you, but that blessed me. Amen. And then I got up this morning, there wasn't no snow. God been blessing me all day. All, all, that kind of stuff just blesses me. I, it don't take much to bless me. Just because I can get up in the morning. See, let me tell you something. I said to the Lord when I was going through my situation, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I would just like to get out there and walk. I'd be seeing Sister Thompson, see, and these girls on girl track there how they be up and down the road, up and down the street. And I said, if I can just walk again. I want, it's good if I can just go to the mailbox back. Man, I tell you, I walked to the mailbox. I, the other day, I was out, my wife, my wife didn't know. She said, don't be out there long now. I said, I'm going to push my little snowblower. You know, I just, the snow ain't no more than an inch deep. And I told my wife, I said, I went to, I went to, the, to the street and back seven times. And he didn't even get tired. I said, you know what, Lord? Look, that, that means something to me. All this other stuff, it's not about nothing. God gave my strength back. God gave my health back. Last Sunday, before I got up last Sunday, God showed me this lady right here. She said, this is the happiest woman in the church now. I told her last Sunday, I said, it's just like she has found her joy. Isn't that awesome? And then, and then this morning, we had another sister came this morning. Glad to have you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We have, we have had some people who came to this ministry in the month of January and February. Wave at me. You came here, if I don't want to overmit you. You might have came here back in January, this January and February. Okay. Don't want to miss nobody. All right. But we have had several people who have come to be a part of this ministry, and we are so grateful. 
Come on, let's welcome, give him a big welcome. Let's, let's get right into the Word of God. As a matter of fact, let's get right into the Word of God this morning. We're going to go to the Word of God revealed. And that's what we're back in this morning. This is part six, volume one, the Word of God revealed. There's a difference in the Word of God. And let's go to that now. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, we're going to look at verse 6 and 7. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. When you get there, say amen. amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. As a matter of fact, the whole purpose of Paul giving us the gospel in verse number 5 says that our faith was not stand in the wisdom of men. Verse 5, that your faith won't stand in the wisdom of man, but your faith is supposed to be in the power of God. And we know that's in this gospel. The gospel that Paul preached, which is the gospel of Christ. All right, and then verse number 6, he says, How be it, thank you very much, how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom was God ordained before the world unto our glory. Was none of the princes of this world knew, had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of men the thing which God has prepared for them that love him. And I'm going to do a message. I'm going to do a message in this series Volume, next volume on the things that God has prepared for you. Woo, it's so good. So good. And verse number 10 said, But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Yea, the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. And then God gave me a teaching. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do all this stuff on the deep things of God. Oh, you got a lot of good word coming. And then in verse 11, it says, What man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. The things of God knoweth no man. Let me tell you what that means. The things of God knoweth no man. Let me say how that. The things of God knoweth no man. The things of God, these are things of God. They just knoweth no man. Don't even care who you give it to. The things of God. Well, you got some money there too? You finna give me some money? <laughs> this girl got a money fan. <laughs> the things of God, isn't this something? That take my daughter Renee to do that. <laughs> She'll scrump, you can get that money back in a few minutes. <laughs> I know it knoweth no man, but, but that's how the things of God is. The things of God knoweth no man. It's not a respect of persons. The gifts of the Spirit knoweth no man. The power of God knoweth no man. And then in verse number, it's, it's, even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God only one know. So in verse 12 it said, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the thing that are freely given to us of God. These things have already been given to us. They have been freely given to us. And the Holy Ghost has come so we will know what they are. All right, now we're going to give you our subject, Ephesians chapter 1. 
verse 13 and 14. That's our series we're on called The Word of God Revealed. And I'm going to show you when the Bible said the Word of God Revealed, the word revealed means the truth. If the Word is not revealed, it's not truth. So Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 13 and 14, just those two verses. In whom you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the precious possession, unto the praise of his glory. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being our Heavenly Father. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. Thank you for loving us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you for giving us your own son that we don't have to offer up bulls and goats and turtle dove and pigeons and animal sacrifices. We don't have to do that, Father. We don't have to do that. You gave your own son once and for all, and we give you the praise and the glory. We love you with our hearts. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, your grace, your mercy, your truth, your faith. Thank you for being faithful and thank you for giving us your faith. Thank you for the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, everything that you are. We thank you for being in us. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus and all the people that pray today, amen. amen. All right, and we're going to be moving into our teaching today, which is called The Word of Truth is God's Vision. The Word of Truth is God's Vision. I'm saying this because there are three people in the Bible that God gave vision to. We told you that this morning. You can write them down. We're going to be following those people this morning. Number one person he gave vision to was Moses. I showed you in the Word of God that he gave Moses the law. Look at uh, Romans chapter 2 and verse number 12. He gave Moses the law. Romans chapter 2 and verse number 12. He gave Moses the law. We're going to look at that in the NLT, please. I'm sorry. He gave Moses. Romans chapter 2, verse 12, right? NLT. When the Gentiles sin, they will be destroyed, even though, verse 13. Did I say the right verse here? Romans 2, I think. There it is, verse number 13. For merely listening to the law doesn't make us right with God. Remember, this was the first given, but they couldn't be right with God just because they heard the law. It is obeying the law that makes us right in his sight. So Israel would have been right with God if they could obey the law. But they couldn't obey the law. They couldn't keep the law. So that didn't work because that only worked if you obeyed it. Then the second law, then the second vision was given to Peter. We're not going back through Moses again because I got a lot, a lot to go through. We're talking about vision. The second vision he gave was to the apostle Peter. Now we gave it this morning, Matthew 16, and we, verse 13 through verse number 19 we read this morning. Who do men say I the son of man am? Then we read to you, Matthew 17, where we were we did not finish. So we're going to go to Matthew 17, 1, on Peter's vision. That's the second person God vision to. Now let me go, let's go to Proverbs 29, 18, before I can get this out of the way. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. You must understand vision. 
If you go to a ministry, you want to make sure they have vision. Amen. Wrong vision means wrong message. Amen. Wrong message means wrong vision. You can't separate them. So if I give you the wrong message, it's because I have the wrong vision for your life. Now, I'm going to teach next week or the week after why the apostle Paul said follow him. Now, he, you can't follow Peter because Peter's vision was not for you. The message that Peter preached is the vision. I want you to understand what vision is. The message that I preach is the vision. So if I preach to you the wrong message, I'm giving you the wrong vision for your life. And that's why the Lord said words like this. If the blind lead the blind, they will both fall into the ditch because you're only going to follow the person that's leading you. The person that's leading you has the vision. Only one person is given vision in a ministry. The vision is the word from the Lord. So that's why I never worry about the word of God in this ministry. I've been ministering 40 years, and the Lord has given me my message every Sunday, every Tuesday, every Thursday. Anytime I had to minister a funeral or wedding, God always tell me what to minister. So that's when you have vision. The Holy Spirit comes here and tell you what to say. This morning I was up at 3.15. I don't get much sleep on Saturday nights because I go to bed early. My wife would tell you, I said, I got to go to bed at 6 o'clock, 6.37. I got to get out of here. So I go to bed because so, I know God's going to talk. I know he's going to talk. And so when he tell me some things over and over, he gave me a song, and I can't remember that song because I didn't get up one Sunday. And I told the Lord, I said, well, you bring that song back again, I, would, I promise you I would get up and write it down. But anyway, that wasn't my message. That's why I kept on. I'm going like, well, that's just a song. But God wanted me to remember that song. He asked me what that song was. Next day, I couldn't remember nothing. Oh, Lord, I don't like to be like that. Okay, but my message, God always get me up. This morning, 3.15. Where there's no vision, Proverbs 29.18. Where there's no vision, watch what happened to the people. The people perish. Now, they are different translation. The people perish. One place it said the people throw off restraint. One place said the people cannot live right. See, when there's no vision, the people can't, can't live right. And that's what you got to understand. So the vision is for the people. When people want to live right, they're going to go to a ministry that has vision. Amen. God's vision, because they want to live right. So when you go to a church, you see a whole lot of stuff going on, probably because there's no vision there. The Bible said, well, if there's no vision, the people perish. So we're talking about the word of truth is God's vision for today. Yeah, part, part six. All right, now. Uh, I talk about some things this morning that I want to flow on today. Let's go back to, there you go, there you go, Matthew 17, 1. It says, and after six days, Jesus take Peter and John. Now, he had just told him, gave him the vision, who do men say I the Son of Man am? Flesh and blood did not say this to your father, but my father which is in heaven, he has revealed it to you. You remember that in Matthew chapter 16, right? Yeah. All right. Can we just show them that quickly, Matthew 16? See if you would have said, okay, then I could have moved on. But when you don't send them, I think you don't know them. <laughs> I got to go back to it. Matthew 16, 13. My whole purpose is so you'll know. When you don't know, I can't move on. 
So when I ask you, and you know, mm, when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, saying, Who do men say I, the Son of Man, am? Now remember, this is Peter's vision. And Peter says, Some say you are John the Baptist, some say Elias or Jeremiah, one of the prophets. That's who people are saying. So he said to Peter, But whom say ye that I am? Who am I, Peter? Simon Peter answered and said, You the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. Now that's the vision under the gospel of the kingdom. The message that Jesus is the Christ is how they were saved. Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. They were saved in the name of Jesus. You are not saved in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus was given to them before the cross, before Jesus died. That's all they had was the name, which is the Father's name. They were saved in the Father's name. All right. Then here Jesus answered and said, Bless art thou, Simon, by Jonah, flesh and blood hath not revealed, that he has revealed it, had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. My Father has revealed it to you. All right, and I say to you that thou art Peter upon this rock. Now this rock is the revelation that he just gave him. Upon this rock, the revelation of Jesus Christ, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. All right, but it's, it was who Christ is. He's the Christ. That was the second vision. Now let's go into Matthew 17 once. He just gave him the vision. So you get to Matthew chapter 17 and verse number 1. After six days, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John. His three people that he's going to use to be over his church. Peter's going to be first, then James, and then John. Well, James is going to be killed, and then Peter's going to give you his writing. You're going to get all these people's writing, but they're going to get killed. All three are going to be killed. But he said, and after six days, Jesus takes him, Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringing them up into a high mountain apart. Now, what is he getting ready to show them? He's getting ready to give, show them, see through, the, did they get the vision? He's getting ready to do it again. He want to make sure they got the vision. He was transfigured before them. His faith is shine as the sun, his raiment as white as the light. He's showing them who he is. He just said, you the Christ, the son of the living God, but they didn't realize that he really is God in flesh. So now he's going to show them who he, who he really is. And now they appeal to them Moses. So he's going to call witnesses. He's going to call witnesses, Moses and Elias. Now they are already in glory. They are not in the ground, they're not in the casket. See, I'm showing you, you got people tell you, yeah, we're going to put them in the ground and then the, then the Lord going to come. See, look, they're Moses right there. Moses, Elias, they already been raised from the Old Testament. All right, let's keep moving, let's move on. Behold, there appeared to him Moses and Elias. Watch this, talking with him. Now, if you want to get a good picture of how it's going to be in the resurrection, then you see Moses and Elias talking with Jesus. And they recognize who they were. Peter and James and John, they saw them talking with Jesus. And, Jesus, and, and, and then Peter answered and said to him, Lord, it's good for us to be here. He you made to put his foot in his mouth. <laughs> if, if thou will, let us make three tabernacles. Now remember, tabernacles is a place where you worship. Y'all know it, right? Let us make three tabernacles here, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elias. I already gave you that revelation. That was Elijah. It was John the Baptist. That was water baptism. Then that was communion, Passover for Moses. 
and then that was one for Jesus. And you're going to see that the Father's not going to want either one of those. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, the voice of the cloud which was which says, this is my beloved son in whom I will. He said, no, I don't want that. This is my son. This is the only one you got to hear. You don't need to hear John the Baptist. You don't need to hear Elijah. No more prophets. You don't need to hear the prophets no more. You're going to hear my son. That's what it said. That's why Hebrew 1 and 1 and 2, God spake to Israel by his son. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and they were afraid because the father, they heard the father speak. And Jesus came and touched them and says, arise, be not afraid. Be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man. No man. They saw no more John the Baptist. They saw no more Elijah. They didn't see Moses no more. They didn't see Elijah no more. See, that's what we had to do in the church. We had to remove Moses from, the, from here. That's communion table. We had to remove the baptism pool. That's Elijah. That's John the Baptist. Only one person is supposed to be seeing this church, and that's Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, keep going. Keep going on the screen so I can. Thank you very much. And they came down from the mountain. Jesus charged them. Here it is. Tell the vision. See, he had just given them another vision. Peter. Tell the vision. Well, what did they just see? They saw no man but Jesus only. They saw Jesus. Tell the vision no man until the Son of Man. Son of Man. Before the cross, he's who? Son of Man. Tell the vision to the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. Son of Man. All right? So that was the vision. That was the last verse. All right? Now, that was Peter's vision. Now, let's go to Acts 26, verse 9. We're going to show you Paul's vision. I'm going to show you about a vision, then I'm going to get to work. See, you, you, when you go to a ministry, you're following one of these people. Peter's vision was the gospel of the kingdom. Let me say it again. Peter's vision was the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, let's go to, let me show you that first. What do you mean by Peter's vision? Uh, let's go to, before I get there, let's go back to Peter's vision. Let's go to Acts 2.38 first. Matter of fact, let's go back to Luke Let's go back to Luke first. The Gospel of St. Luke, after Jesus rose from the dead, so we're going to be in the 24th chapter. And verse number 14. And we're going to read that to the end of the chapter down to verse 54. Now that's, this is Peter's vision. This is what the Lord told Peter to do because Peter was over the church of God, dominant Jews. Church of God. That's why in the book of Revelation there was 144,000 and they were all of the children of Israel. That was Peter's church. If you don't understand that, you read 1 Peter chapter 1. In the book James chapter 1, you'll see that they message was to Jews. Verse 14, that's what I says. Luke 24, 14, right? And as they talked together of all these things which had happened. Now remember Jesus had rose from the dead. Now he's talking to them everything had happened. It came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Now here they are walking with the resurrected Lord. But their eyes were holding, watch this, that they should not know him. Although he had risen from the dead, he's walking with them. They still don't know who he is. 
because the eyes were still blinded. And he said to them, what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walked with me inside? Watch what he said. Go back to that verse again. He says, you walk with me and you sad. You're walking with me. He said to them, what manner of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? They was walking with him and didn't even know it. And the one of them whose name was Cleophas answered and said to him, are you a stranger in Jerusalem and has not known these things which are come to pass in these days? And he said to them, what things? He like he didn't even know what they're talking about. What you talking about? If that's why I told y'all to start. No, that's verse 44. These glasses. I know I didn't want to go back there, but anyway. Verse 44, I'm sorry. That was a good reading. You all can finish Jesus, Jesus walking with them, right? Verse 44, forgive me. Luke 24, 44, here we go. And he said to them, these are the words which I spake to you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled. What is the word fulfilled? Every, all things must be complete, finished, put an end to. Right, all things had to be finished. That were written, watch what things he's talking about, that were written in the law of Moses. See, Jesus came and fulfilled everything in the law of Moses. He fulfilled everything in the prophets. He fulfilled everything in the Psalms concerning him. That, all, that is all the Old Testament. Then watch what happened. When they believed, he opened their understanding that they may understand the scriptures. Now they begin to realize Job was talking about Christ's suffering. It wasn't Solomon who was wealthy, it was Christ. So they began to see, they began to see, it wasn't Samson who was the strongest man, it was the Lord. See, all these things now, it wasn't Daniel and Lion then as a person he was, but it was Christ after he died and went to hell. Amen. And then you had all of the devils who couldn't touch him. And that's what the fulfillment of the psalm Lift up your head, O your gates, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is, who is this king? You hear them devil. Who? 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 The Lord, strong and mighty. <laughs> Somebody give him praise in this house. Yeah. Yes, all those things were about Christ. Even King David was about Christ. Solomon, all that. Okay, let's keep going. And said to them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. See, he had to do that. And that repentance, watch who repentance was preached to. And repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you know what the people of the church do today? Have it preaching to us. God never preached repentance to you. He gave you the gift Amen. of repentance. He ne- everything you got was free. Amen. See, if you, if you don't believe that, now I go get me an Ephesians 1 and 3. said, blessed be God who has blessed us with all. Yes. Repentance was a spiritual blessing. It, it, you got it free. You never had. See, that's what people tell you. See, that's what over there will crumb. How y'all going to repent? You know what repentance is? Water baptism. 
I'm going to show you who in the Word. See, that people don't know what repentance is. Repentance means water baptism. Okay, keep, write these down. We'll go to them after this. We'll go to, we'll go to Matthew 3, 7. We'll read that down to verse 11. And then we'll go and read... Uh, That'll be good for them. I know where to go after that. Uh, and verse 48 says, and you are witnesses of these things. Now, this, now go back to repentance because I want to show you that I finished that. Verse number 48. And that repentance and remission of sin. See, both of them. Repentance and remission of sin. See, see God did not preach to us repentance and remission of sin. See, I'm going to show it to you in the Word. She'll be preaching his name, but who do they preach to? Begin at Jerusalem. See, these guys did not preach to Gentiles. We're talking about Peter, James, and John. All right. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endowed with power from on high. See, this is Luke writing. Luke is the same man who wrote the book of Acts. So how he closed out the book of Acts is how he began. The, closed out the book of Luke is how he began the book of Acts. And he led them out as far as Bethany, so you know it wasn't unto us. <laughs> You ain't stayed no Bethany. <laughs> and he lifted up his hand and he blessed them. It came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. That's why when you start chapter, the book of Acts, you start seeing he was carried into heaven. And they worshiped him and they returned to Jerusalem with joy. And were continuing the temple, praising God and blessing him. Amen. Now that's how... That ended. Now go to Acts chapter 1, verse 1. See, you got to understand, the same author is writing to you Luke, and then he's going to carry right on into the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a continuation of the book of Luke. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Until the day he was taken up. That's what I just read to you in Luke. He was taken up. And after that, through the Holy Ghost, had commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, which was the twelve apostles, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, after his suffering, by many and fellow proof, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the thing pertaining to the kingdom of God. What, what was he preaching? Watch what he was preaching. Back that up. He was preaching the thing pertaining to the kingdom of God. That's what he preached, the gospel of the kingdom. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which says, you have heard of me. But John truly baptized with water, there it is, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days. See, John had baptized with water. Now they will be baptized not many days with the Holy Spirit. When they therefore will come together, they ask of him, saying, Lord, Will thou this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Because Israel had lost its kingdom. But Jesus came, the kingdom he had was not just for Israel. It's going to be for all believers. That's why right now the Bible told you in Colossians 1.13, you've been translated into the kingdom of God, the Son. Can you switch to that and come right back, that, just that one verse? Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, I think it is one of those verses. You've been translated. And so that's what God did for you. He translated you into the kingdom of God, dear son. So Christ is the kingdom now. Here it is. Who delivered us from the power of death and has translated us. 
into the kingdom of his dear son. Well, if I'm translated into the kingdom, where am I? I'm in Christ. So Christ is the kingdom now. See, they preached the kingdom because they didn't know Christ. So you don't preach the kingdom now, you preach Christ. Because Christ is a fulfillment of the kingdom. Can you say amen? amen? See, that's why you have the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. The Father is the kingdom of heaven. That's where you go. The Son is the kingdom of God because that's who in you. The kingdom of God is in you and you in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. The Son is in you and you in the Father. That's why the Father had to, the Son had to come in you so you can come into the Father. You could not come into the Father but by me. So when people say they went to heaven to be with the Lord, you better make sure you in, in heaven now. Because people takes that, you know, I, I said this morning, and I, this bear witness to be able to say, when I was growing up as a young pastor, I said things. Matter of fact, I had a lady come here that always used to sing the song to me uh, and for my ministries and, and, and my cousin in Saginaw. I wish she would be here this year, but she used to sing fully committed. Some of y'all might have heard that, right? And she used to sing it every year, year after year. You know she have been saying this year lately? Because the Lord convicted me. He says, son, do you hear what that's saying? I said, yes, Lord. I says, I, I, I told them I'm fully committed. I give my life fully committed to you. And the Lord says, and then what's supposed to happen? Giving your life to the Lord does not save you. Woo. And we hear it, we use it all the time. Person went to church this morning, they gave their life to the Mama, I gave my life to the Lord. And then what? Giving your life to the Lord is not what saved you. Receiving his life is what saved you. If you don't receive his life, See, I know some of y'all can't handle that because, see, when God says something to you like that, it just stuns you like. <laughs> Let me think about it a while. <clears throat> Give your life to him, and then what's going to happen? Right. If you don't never receive his life, you'll never receive salvation. Right. Salvation is not based on you giving him anything. Yeah. This is so good. It's going to sink in in a minute. Because the Lord convicted me. And I was talking about, and I used to, as a pastor, I tell people, you know, you didn't receive the Lord. I mean, now you need to give the Lord your life. And, you know, if you don't give the Lord, see, you, you, you're saying it wrong. You're trying to get people to give their life. You ought to, listen, listen, you ought to get them to receive his. Amen. God already gave his son. Amen. You need to receive it. You need to receive it. The Holy Spirit is to be received. Thank you. Giving your life to him is what people have been trying to do all their life. Every new year. <laughs> I'm going to give my life to the Lord this year, praise God. I'm going to church tonight and give my life to the Lord, praise God. How many have how many done that before? How, come on, I raise up both hands. I used to give my life all the time. I used to give my life all the time. And then special people, if you good old religious folk, you give, you give up some stuff, especially when they put that, that cross on your head. From Ash Wednesday all the way to 40 days, you're going to give up a lot of stuff, but you're just giving your life. 
You're giving your life. You don't need to give your life to be saved. You need to receive heals. God already gave his only begotten son. And the way you're saved is receiving the Father's gift. Let me show you that Romans 5, 17 so you don't have to drop your cup. Come on, Romans 5, 17. Any translation you got back that you in, it's okay. Romans 5, 17 shows you you have to receive. And this is the whole thing with people. They want to give their life to the Lord, but they want to receive his. When I receive his life, I'm saying I'm nothing without him. If he don't give me life, I'm going to die. I'm going to die and go to hell. Lord, give me life. Just like this woman of Joseph, Joseph's wife's, one of Joseph's wife came to him, the last woman who couldn't bear children, uh, Benjamin and Joseph, Rachel. They came and he said, give me children or I die. This sister was serious. You get that serious with God, you ready for children, right? <laughs> Romans 5, 17 said, it is true that through the sin of one man, death began to rule because of that one man. But how much greater is the result of what was done by the one man, Jesus Christ? What, wonder what he did. All who receives God's abundant grace and receive his freely, his freely put right with him will rule in life through Jesus Christ. You receive God's gift. So then, the one sin condemned all people. In the same way, the one righteous act set all people free and gives them life. God give you life. Receive it. Stop trying to give your life to him instead of receive his life. Just receive it. And tell the Lord, thank you. Come on, good. God gave his son, he gave you life. Jesus came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. You got to receive his life. To receive his life causes us to be humble, to realize without it I'm going to die and go to hell. Without his life, you're going to die, you're going to go to hell. Because he's the only one have, have the antidote. Nobody else has it. When people are dying, they got to find something to kill this virus. Right now, there's one going on, isn't it? Y'all been watching the news, right? Over 1,000 people dead. Over 6,000 so already affected by the disease, and they have no cure. I got news for you. There is an antidote. Boy, I tell you, it blessed me when I was at Brother Abram, Chris Abram's dad. He just eulogized his dad this past Friday. And this woman sang, there's a bomb in Gilead. Remember that, brother? Oh, that blessed my socks off. <laughs> that girl knows she sang that song. She stressed that voice. She said, there's a bomb in Gilead. But there's a bomb in Gilead. Oh, my God, that, that's who Jesus Christ is. See, all that stuff was going on in Israel, but they said, but there's a bomb. Yeah. There's a bomb. See, I ain't talking about no bomb, you blow up nothing. 
Let me get back up here. I'm talking about the answer, man. That's who Jesus Christ is. See, that's what we got to understand. We got the answer in the church. We got the answer. All right, that's where we are. Let me go to work here. Now, I gave you Peter's vision. Uh, what up? Oh, I'm not going to read the more Acts. I'm sorry. Let's go to Acts 26, verse 9, because now I want to show you Paul's vision. See, Paul's vision is what we follow. I'm going to get into this. I'm going to have to end up doing some teaching on the testimony of God, uh, on the testimony of God, on the power of God, on the wisdom of God. Those things I've got to teach again. Holy Ghost already showed me. See, I don't go by, well, Lord, I taught this something. I wouldn't look down, at, down and see when I taught the testimony of God, it was 2006. How many was here 2006? That's the last time I taught the testimony of God. Anybody know quickly how many years was that? 14. Thank you very much, 14 years ago, this year. But that's how, how long, it, we don't think about it, but I'm going like, Lord, I just taught the testimony of God. He said, go down and look at it. I brought him to my office. I said, 14 years ago. I said, whoa. He said, son, you know all the people at this church here never heard the testimony of God? God gave three visions. Four. You want to put one more after Paul, and that's going to be John, the apostle John. The first vision he gave Moses, that was the law. He gave Peter the gospel of the kingdom. He gave Paul, Acts 26, 9. We're going to call it the gospel of Christ. All right, let's go to that verse, Acts 26, 9. All right, here, here's what Paul is before Agrippa, uh, the king, and he's witnessing. He said, I thought verily with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth because his whole thing was to get rid of that name, Jesus, but he couldn't stop it. Which things I also did in Jerusalem, he says, and many of the saints, and that's why I told you that that's not who you are, in the Bible, that's not who you are. That is the church at Jerusalem. They were called the saints. That's why he came back with his saints. That's why so many people can't get over it. Just get over it. <laughs> you the body of Christ. Look at somebody say, you the body of Christ. The body of right. They are the saints. That's just their part in the Bible. They're the saints. That's why if you find saints, you're going to go right back to Israel. All right. Which things also I did in Jerusalem. And men of the saints did he shut up in prison. He didn't shut up Gentiles in prison. His ministry was to the Gentiles. He set up the church at Jerusalem in prison. That's why he was on his road to Damascus. And he was there to kill the Jews. And when God stopped him. Having received authority from the chief priests is what he's talking about. And when they were put to death, he was killing people. Because they were believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's when he says, I gave my voice against them. Remember, they threw the coat at Stephen's feet. Now, if you really know, understand the word of God, you know of pretty much when Jesus came back. Because when I read Acts chapter 7, when Paul was stoning Stephen, is when he stood up. Let me move on. He said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Now remember, Paul said he was sitting. That's the only time you ever seen the word of God that Jesus stood up. 
is when they stoned Stephen. Stephen was called the first martyr of the church. They stoned him to death, laid the clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul, and from that day God convicted him to become a preacher, even an apostle to the Gentiles. Stephen's preaching is what convicted Paul. He preached all the way from the Genesis all the way down to where Paul was. Paul never heard a man speak the word of God like that before. And Paul was an apostle. Before that, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisee, but he never heard a man speak like that Stephen. When that happened, I guarantee you, he had to go to Jerusalem. He had to go, to the, he had to go somewhere and get checked out. Arabia. I never heard a man speak like that. God used Stephen to, to speak in his life. The word of God will not return void. It'll prosper wherever God sent it. So when you speak in the people and they might not receive at the time, don't, don't worry about that. Your job is to let God use you. The spirit of God will take that word and give life. Ain't nothing you can do about it. That word will keep you up at night. You'll try to go to sleep and they, they will hear you speaking. Holy Ghost is so awesome. He'll talk to you in your sleep. All right, there we go. And I punished them, Paul said. I punished them often in every synagogue. They were Jews. I compelled them to blaspheme. What does that mean? I caused them to renounce their salvation. I'll cut your head off if you don't, you don't reject Jesus Christ. If you don't say, I don't believe in him, I'll cut your head off. And they did. That's why you see them in the book of Revelation. They were beheaded for their testimony. They were, Paul calls them to blaspheme. Paul said, being exceedingly mad, I was mad against them because they were talking about this Jesus. And he said, I persecuted them, even the strange cities. But when I went to Damascus, some change. The Lord got enough. When I went to Damascus, I had a thought. I had the paperwork from the commissioner of the chief priest. I went to get them believers in Jesus. But at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me, and then was joining with me. We fell to the earth. We were all falling to the earth. I heard a voice speaking to me in, in my own language, in the Hebrew tongue. I heard him tell me, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? And I answered him, I said, I said it's, he said to me, look, it's hard to kick against the pricks. And I said, who art thou, Lord? He said, I know, I know it got to be somebody. Who are you? Who are you, Lord? And he said, I, Jesus says, I am Jesus. Introduce himself. You want to know who the Lord is? The Lord said, I am Jesus. You got to understand, you got to have the am. See, I am. That's the same one that Moses saw. The I am, that I am. Tell them, tell them I am. That I am. That I am Jesus. Whom thou persecuted. He heard that, see? But he said, but look, you rise, you stand up on your feet. I have appealed to thee for this purpose. I have appealed to you to make you a minister. Now here, this man going to kill Christians. And God says, I'm going to make him a minister. Now, thank God he wasn't a member of your church. 
Because you just said no to W's other. That man just came here to kill us. And now Pastor Crump is telling you that one of my ministers. <laughs> God will do some stuff, boy. God will use some people who you ain't even pleased with. But let God be God. Amen. Amen. Just let him be God all by himself. Amen. He said, I appear to you to make you a minister, and then I'm going to make you a witness. Witness means you're going to die for me. But first you're going to be one of my ministers. But then you're going to be one of my ministers. You're going to not only live for me and preach for me, but you're going to die for me. Witness. You're going to be a witness both of the things which thou hast seen, everything that I've shown you, even my revelation in the, in the, when I showed you who I am. And of those things I will, in the which I will appear to thee, because he appealed to him two or three more times that the Bible told you. Even when he had to go places and he appealed to him that night and said, be a good cheer, Paul. I have much people in that city. See, wherever Paul had to go, the Lord was, he got on a ship and the ship was breaking up and they thought he was going to ground. He told him, said, look, be a good cheer. Everybody's going to be saved. Nobody's going to be lost. Paul told him that morning, he said, yeah, last night I had, I had a chance to talk to the God that I serve. He told me there won't be no fear up on this ship. Everybody's going to be all right. Just be cool. <laughs> See, when you talk, when you with God, God gave you the vision. The vision is how to do it. Amen. The burden is what to do. In the church, you know something needs to be done. The what to do, you got that, but you don't know how to do it. That's where you need me at. I have the vision from God. And the vision with the word, when you come here, you've already been going through burdens and situations and all kind of stuff. And then you'll hear the spirit of God give you your answer right here while I'm preaching. Like my daughter Sandra said, won't he do it? While I'm speaking, God would say, that's what we were talking about yesterday. That's the same thing we were talking about the other day. That's what the Spirit does. He bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of the living God. When you're God's children and God's speaking, you'll hear the same things. That's Paul's vision. And this is what he says in verse 17. Deliver you from the people. So when God has called you to be who you're supposed to be, you never worry about the people. God's responsibility is to deliver you from the people. That's one of the things I thank God for every day is divine protection. Every day of my life. Every day of my life, I thank God for divine protection because you never know what's going on. I've been watching, I, watch, I like to watch the weather channel and these people just driving down the road and a tree fell right across their car. That was it. These people was in their house sleep in an earthquake and their house turned over in the water and they still in the house. See, you never know what's going what's to happen. But you have to understand if you have the most high God, the God of heaven and earth, I'm talking about Abraham's God and Isaac God and Jacob God and the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about if you have the almighty God living inside of you, he will take care of you. 
Somebody give him praise in this place. You got to know that. He is your heavenly father. And you got to know. You come to a place when you don't have things. And God will speak to people. You talk to God and God will talk to people. But you got to know. Your help comes from the Lord. Look at somebody and tell them, all of my help come from the Lord. So when you're going through something, man don't understand what you're going through. A lot of times we will tell you, oh, I understand, but we really don't. We're just trying to comfort you the best we can. But God does. God understands. And God's going to make sure you get help. God going to make sure there'll be people who will come to your aid, your rescue. Come on, give him praise. Look at somebody say, God will help you. Right, that's what, that's why your job is to keep on moving forward. Pressing towards the mark. You got to keep on pressing. We didn't have much to sing about when I'm from Mississippi. My sister over there, she's from northern Mississippi, that bless her heart, from up north. From my northern sister. That's she over there, basically. She's from the city. She's from northern Mississippi. We from southern Mississippi. We didn't have a lot in southern Mississippi, so we used to sing a song, I'm pressing on. Oh, Lord. What yeah. <laughs> it used to be like. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you just had to see the, the them sisters could sing that song. They said, I'm pressing on. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Every day of my life. You know, sing like that. We used to sing. But see, that's how we used to be. But the key was, we were real. And I'd be walking downside the highway, Sister Eva Brown, headed to the church, one mile from my house. Truck blowing all kind of stuff on you. Headed to, see, they got the they got the the windows up in the church. You can hear them saying, "I'm pressing on every day. I I'm on my way to the church, pressing on too." Press. <laughs> but that's how you have to be. You have to keep on going. Right. Got to keep on going. Got to keep moving. That is Apostle Paul's vision. God gave that vision to Apostle Paul. We're going to talk a little more about that, but I want to give you the last one. Paul said, I'm sorry, let me give it two verses here. Deliver you from the people and from the Gentiles, whom now I will send you. So he sent him to the Gentiles now. You got to understand, this man went to Ephesus, where they had the God of Diana. And you don't come up in here talking about no Jesus. But Paul did. And because of it, they wanted to kill him. Every place he went, he wasn't ashamed to preach Jesus. See, that's what you got to understand. You got to come to this thing that when people believe all this other stuff, you got to step right up in there and say, well, well my faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ and his death, being resurrection myself. And people are not going to like that. But you're going to have to be able to stand. I was working downtown United Way. I worked with United Way for 10 years through General Motors before I retired. Thank God for that. But I was in the jobs bank for 10 years without, without, a work, without a job, but that's how I retired the job bank. It's called it grace, you know? But anyway, 
I was there, and this woman that was working there had her office in the back. And I walked in there one day. She had all her items on, 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 she had all her items on her desk. Now, I don't work here. You know, I'm from General Motors, and she work here, and I don't. But, man, I want to rake. I want to do a right hand. I want to do a right hand rake, boy. <laughs> and I said, Lord, I'm not going to do that, but I got to find some kind of way. You know what I mean? I, I got bolder then. I got bolder because I already had saw the, the boss, the woman who was there, she got saved. And then the other guy, girl got saved. And then the other guy got saved. She was the only one left. So she put her stuff on the table. Man, I had to come up in there in the name of Jesus. In the blood. That's when you, you, you young preacher. Man, shoot. I said, you, you some got to break up in here. I can't work up here when nobody got no items on their desk like this. I, I don't want to pray you get fired or something. You got to get out of here. You got to get saved or get out of here. Shoot, man, no. You know, I don't, ever, I don't know what happened to that woman. I know something. I know God moved her. But that's what I'm talking about, that kind of stuff. You are not to move. Don't give up your good job. Huh? Somebody got to move. It ain't going to be me. My daddy owned the house. <laughs> Praise God. Huh? My daddy owned the law. All right, let's go. Let's, okay, here was Paul's vision. Number one, open your eyes. I see six things in there I, when I went back and looked at them. Open your eyes at number one. Number two, turn them from darkness. That's number two. Number three is turn them to light. See, Turn them, open their eyes. I don't know if you can put that on the screen or not for me. I don't know how fast you can type there. Dad, will slow down. Open their eyes, number one. Turn them from darkness, number two. Turn them to light, number three. Turn them from the power of Satan, number four. Turn them to God, number five. A woman five, okay, I thought it was six. That they may receive. So Paul's ministry was open their eyes. Turn them from darkness, turn them to light, turn them from Satan, turn them to God. Okay, that's five things. But the reason he did that, that's grace. There you go, girl. But that they may receive. Hit the word of receive again. That they may receive. Number one, forgiveness of sins. Now, forgiveness of sin is God's righteousness. That they may receive forgiveness of sin, which is God's righteousness. And once you receive forgiveness of sin or God's righteousness, then you receive your inheritance. That's the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit cannot come in you until you have been forgiven. The blood of Christ is what enabled the Holy Spirit to come inside of my soul. Christ's blood washes my soul, which is God's house, and now the Holy Spirit can come and live there. He can't come and live in my house if it has not been cleansed. Do you understand that? So for somebody to say, God washed me off with water, how is that going to sanctify my house? The Bible says you're sanctified by the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Spirit himself is who sanctifies your house. But the Father cannot live in your house until the blood of Christ cleanses your house. And that's, that's what we're going to go to just a few moments. Uh, 
Let's finish. Open your eyes. Turn them from darkness. Turn them, to, turn them from Satan. Thank you. Receive forgiveness of sin, and then you receive your inheritance. All right. Now, that has to happen. That has to happen uh, if you're going to receive. Now, Paul is going to say in the next verse, I just want one more verse, and Paul is going to say about his vision. Now, watch what he's going to say. The very next verse, we are in Acts Verse 19, Acts 26, 19. Paul's going to say, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. So he had a heavenly vision. Moses had an earthly vision. You've got to understand that. What do that mean, Pastor? When God spake, there it is, whereupon the gripple, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Now, the heavenly vision means God spoke to Paul from heaven. That's a heavenly vision. God spoke to Moses on earth. He was in the mountain, remember? He led the sheep to the back of the desert, and there was a burning bush. He went there, and God talked to Moses. Okay, he spoke to Moses from earth. All right, let's look at John's vision. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1 through 8. This is the last vision in the Bible, which is John's vision, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. John's vision was what? The revelation of Jesus Christ. All right? That's why Jesus Christ was revealed to John. Matter of fact, I'm going to read nine verses. Jesus Christ was revealed to John. John was on the island of Patmos. So here it is, the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the first verse. So all of this other stuff people are telling you about blood moons and all this stuff, that all that stuff ain't nothing but preacher talk. Preacher talk. The revelation of Jesus Christ was God gave to him. This is a revelation that God gave to John. And he gave to John to show unto his servants. Remember, you are not servants. Israel was servants. He gave to John to show unto his servants, verse 1. Let's start, wait a minute, I, I, I got to finish verse 1 first. To show unto his servant things which must shortly come to pass. He sent and he signified it by his angel, his servant, to his servant John. Remember, John was also his servant. And this is why people think, servant, well done. I want him to say, well done, I good and faithful servant. I don't want him to say, well done, I good and faithful servant to me. Because the word servant means slave. I'm a son. Amen. And then God is not going to allow you to be in glory because you've been, you did well. Just think about that. You did good, son. Come on up. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on up. Come on up. I'm already in Christ. Amen. How up can you get? <laughs> There's, he already, I'm already seated together in heavenly places in Christ. There's nobody, nobody, there's nobody over us. The Lord's position in the earth is man, human. And the Lord's position of a human is slave. Let me say it again. The Lord's position in the earth is man. That's why the Bible says, what is Man, that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man, that thou visited him. Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. You have God, then you have angels, then you have man, which is lower than angels, before you saved. 
So when God saves you, he brings you from under the angels and puts you over the angels. Now we sit with our Father in heavenly places in Christ. You are above the angels. Now angels are, Hebrew 1.14, angels now are ministering spirits. Put on the screen. Angels now becomes your servants. Angels are ministering spirits. Are they not all ministering spirits? They are sent forth to minister for them. I don't know who them them are out there. Them thems. Any thems out there? Thems, thems who are the heirs of salvation. Who are the heirs of salvation? That's them. Angels are your ministers now. Oh, you ought to clap long in that because they the, because they the one who serve you. They the one that serve you. I don't care where you go and what you do, they cannot let you out of their sight. See, that's why a lot of times you be walking around the house and be sitting on the bed. There are times I've been time I've sat on the bed and God know ain't nobody at the house but me. And Sister Wonder, I sit in the house and I'm going to anybody here but me. And all of a sudden I feel the bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, if anybody else had been right here, they'd have heard me scream because I'm talking about. But now I'm getting, I, now as I've been walking with the Lord for over 40 years, I'm getting used to that. I'm getting used to it. I'm getting used to the touches and, 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 the, and the, you know, fitness present all day. I'm just close your head off. You know, because the Lord loves me. And he always let me know he's there. How many know what I'm talking about? He always lets you know he's there. And that just blesses me, man, because there are times, you know, you be a little down and the Lord just do something that cause you to laugh and smile. I'm so glad. Let me finish this. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1 through verse 9. Where am I? Are they not on ministry spirit? Send forth the minister of them who would have the salvation. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to him to show to his servant, things must shortly come to pass. Now here's, here it is. God gave them to his servant, things must shortly come to pass. And there are churches who I won't call no name will tell you they are not in the book of Revelation yet. <laughs> you been in church, Lord. That girl, don't what you doing when you're over there in the book of Revelation. We ain't in the we in the book of Revelation yet. Then you got some church that yeah, we are, we are chapter four. Because chapter four said, come up here. It's just pitiful. It's just so sad. The book of Revelation is finished. Amen. It's done. It's already happened. And so people are so afraid of the book. Because they don't know. They, they, look at the, they look at these preachers. They say, these, on, here they are, blood moons. We got a, we got, then you got one man said, we got one more blood moon left. And I'd be going, like, come on, Reverend, let me hear. Let me hear where that blood moon comes from. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> because Israel is the moon. I showed y'all that last week, didn't I? I showed you in Genesis. Go, go back to show them again, brother. Right, here we go. The revelation of Jesus Christ was God gave to him to show this servant the thing which was shall to come to pass. And that he signified by the angel unto his servants, John, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Remember, he had both. The word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Their testimony was that Jesus Christ is the son of God. He had to bear witness to that. He had to die for that. And of all things that he saw, Blessed is he that readeth and hear the words of this prophecy. 
So you already know that it has been fulfilled because it's prophecy. How do I know prophecy has been fulfilled, Pastor? Hold on, I'm glad you asked. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 20. If it's prophecy, it's been promised. I said, if it's prophecy, it has been promised. Everything you look at that book was promised. Go and show things that God said he was going to do. Prophecy. Prophecy means God promised. Paul told us in 2 Corinthians 1.20, all the promises of God in Christ is amen unto the glory of God the Father by us. Can you put that in a new NLT or the good news? Either one. That same verse. Put it in the NLT and just really get them. For all God's promises have been fulfilled. So are you telling me that Christ said he's coming again? That's the promise. Nobody won't say nothing, Pastor. Amen, amen lights. That's why we, you know why we got all these lights? Say amen, lights. All God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a renounding, re, re, resounding, I'm sorry. Yes. And through Christ, our amen. Can you see some of y'all can't say you? Because you know what? Right now, you're still waiting on the Lord to come back. I'm trying to tell you, how are you coming back? He's all, that's a promise. If he promised you he's coming back, all the promises in Christ have been fulfilled with a redounding yes and, th and through Christ, amen, which means yes. Yeah. Sins to God for his glory, the church yeah. says yes. Yeah. So when you say he gonna, then you don't, Thank all the promises have been fulfilled. You think God still got to do something else. That means you want him to get up again and come here and bring you some water. <laughs> want the Lord to come do something. Come by here, Lord. We should sing. I'm not putting down the people from Jamaica because we should sing that too. But Come by here, man. Come by here. Oh, Lord. Come by here. We just sang in the Bible. Didn't we Sister Renee used to sing? Somebody needs you, man. Come by here. Oh, Lord. Come by here. How many used to sing that? I'm sure we all used to sing it in churches. And the Lord is right here. Right here hearing me say, come by here. God forgive me. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Revelation chapter 1. Five minutes. Thank you. Who Revelation chapter 1. Blessed is he that readeth and hear the words of this prophecy. Keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Reach your hand out, man. And we still think 2,000 years gone, we still think it ain't happened yet. The time is at hand. John the Baptist on the island of Transfigure, on, on that island when that happened, when Christ came. He told you. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be to you, peace from him which is, which was, and which is to come from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, we sang it this morning, 
He loved us and he washed us from our sins in his own blood. Can somebody give him praise in this house? Don't tell me that you got water baptized and washed your sins away. You would make me mad with you. I'm serious, man. I'm talking about my Lord, man. I love, I love my Lord, brother. Oh, my God, I love him. He just comforts me all the time. And has made us kings and priests unto our God, his Father. And to be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he coming with clouds. He coming with clouds. Every eye shall see him. That is manifestation. You are on the ministry of manifestation. That's Jesus' ministry. Ministry of the Son of Man. Behold, he come with clouds. Clouds mean the 144,000. Uh, the witnesses, I'm sorry. The saints, sorry. The saints come with clouds. Every eye shall see him. And they also, watch this, and they also was pierce him. Now you got to be a lying to yourself person <laughs> to realize if he come in 2,000 years now, where's the man that pierced him? Where's the people that pierced him? What at? Are they down here with you now? Who pierced Jesus? On some amount of pierced Jesus was a Roman soldier. And he just got through saying, every eye going to see him, and they also which pierced him. Now the man going to pierce him, going to see him, he had to be there when Jesus came. And then he says, and all kindreds of the earth. Now you check the word kindreds, that's Israel. The word kindreds means 12 tribes of Israel. Go check it out. Your, your assignment for next week. I'm going to ask you. The all kindred, the word kindred means all the 12 tribes of Israel. 12 tribes of the earth, Israel is the earth. They are the 12 tribes of Israel. They're going to wail because of him. Even so, amen. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, said the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come. I'm the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation. John was in tribulation at that time. I'm in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. I was on the island called Patmos. I was there for one reason, because I preached the word of God, and I had the testimony of Jesus Christ. My time is up, and I thank you for yours. Come on, let's get the Lord a great, great big hand. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.